0: Good one. Uh, Antonelli Elector. Uh, that was a track seven from a Clicks and Cuts Volume 2, Disc 2. Uh, we also heard before that O Lam, O period L A M M, a tiny photo of David Eliasson in front of Copa Voguer 9 in a tacky plastic frame. That's from a compilation called Room 106 and we started looks like we started the hour off right there with Murkoff uh, the track Ulysses title cut from the same album and wouldn't you know it it is time for uh, Gray Matters I talked myself right into 6:30 folks so hey Gray Matters guys are you ready down there I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that they're ready and we're going to we're going to cut right over to them and just a few quick seconds: five, four, three, two, one.
1: Well, <clears throat> good evening, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. And my name is Dick Whaley, and uh, you are listening to WCBN FM in Arbor. Obviously, uh, news in the in in August tends to be a little on the slower side for a lot of different reasons, but. Uh, no shortage of uh, bizarreness this past week, um, both in the state legislature of Michigan, which we'll get to in a second, and, and of course, there was the debate. Uh, unemployment numbers are, are in, and most speculation on that, by the way, is that this will result in a quarter-point interest rate increase in one month next uh, Fed meeting. Um, Solid jobs report, steady as she goes, as they say. Uh, Basically, the unemployment rate stayed the same and is expected, quote, to uh, fall below the crucial 5% by late 2015 or 2016, which is why Janet Yellen has been uh, sort of foreshadowing an increase in uh, the interest rates, I don't think a quarter One quarter of 1% is going to have much uh, impact on uh, the uh, economy one way or another, as one uh, pundit put it. Solid enough to keep the September hike alive. So there you have it. Uh, Wages stay flat once again. And uh, certainly the uh, Republican presidential debate (laughs) on Thursday night was anything but flat. Uh, Very high ratings for this debate. Kind of an interesting anecdote. I was actually coming back from the grad library about 10 after 9, maybe 9.15, and I happened to walk through the parking lot of WCBN here on Thompson, and there were actually two houses on Thompson watching the debate. There were these guys. One of them was clearly a beer party. And there were these dudes that were watching it on one of these gigantic big screens. So I actually stood outside and watched a brief segment of the debate. Uh, Did you watch much of it otherwise? No. I I missed it, as I predicted uh, I would read about it the next day, because I didn't expect any substantive issues to really be discussed. No,
2: there weren't. it was essentially... A stagecraft. Yeah. It was Stagecraft yeah. and, and sort of the uh, Dog and Pony show hour. Um, but I don't think anybody really seriously expected much more from it than that. Part of the reason it was so widely watched is that all the comedy shows hyped it. Yeah. Because, let's face it, if you're a professional comedy writer... This is free material. I this, mean, this is rich. Is, this is stuff that writes itself. So, like, hey, everybody watch The Stupid Thing, so you can hear my jokes about The
1: Stupid Thing after The Stupid Thing. And, you know, we, uh, I forget what we were even watching at you our You were house, probably watching but, The Daily Show. Because, you know, one of the ironies about the fact that Jon Stewart uh, retired on that yeah. very night was that it's almost too bad he didn't give himself one more day. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm willing to bet that Fox News... Who's been the bane of uh, his criticism over many years for a lot of reasons? Uh, no- noticed that that was his retirement date, and they said, "Hey, we're gonna schedule." That's when we schedule it. Uh, probably true. Yeah. Um, no coincidence.
2: But the, there wasn't really anything, any you know. And we were watching it. Uh, actually, we did watch. Uh, uh, I was sort of in and out of the room for the final Daily Show, uh, which was mostly just a sort of a, a, a wave and a hello from yeah. everybody who's been part of the show for years. And uh, we can talk about the importance of the program some other time. I'm sure li- listeners are already a- aware of what it perhaps meant to them, but obviously. Um, so we would switch over to, uh, oh, it was Thursday night, and Mars's big show is Project Runway. Ah. So that's what we were watching, Okay, uh, in, in <laughs> truth. Um, but during the commercials, we were like, switch over to the debate. And it was just misrepresentation of fact, distortion of reality, outright fabrication. Talking points. Talking points. Nothing really of substance at all. And and it seemed as though the uh, moderators, and I use that word somewhat dubiously, uh, were anything but moderate. No. Uh, They were, uh, hey, we're Fox News. We're edgy. We're going to ask. Hard
1: questions of the people we don't like and softballs for the people we do right because what they all the all the experts pointed out was they quote went after the perceived weakness of various candidates. Yeah. And of course Donald Trump by stepping in to the spotlight and one wondered how long that was going to take because they had him right in the center. Yeah. Well that helped. (laughs) Uh, His hair was glistening. Uh, Donald don't call me dumpster Trump. Uh, yeah, I mean, he could have avoided the pitfalls of the first question, which was, is there anybody on stage that's not going to support the nominee? So, of course, he, the egotist that he is, I might not support the nominee. I might, you know, do a third party. And I thought, well, you're finished with that. Uh, ironically, he's apparently gone up in the polls Um and obviously with ten people on stage it's it's substance is gonna be absent anyway. Um you know, Kasich gets a, a a moment where he's allowed to do the softball thing about maybe his daughters are gay and he would love them still and whatever. I mean I you can think somebody's wrong and still love
2: them. Like being gay is something right. that they've chosen to do because you think it's wrong, it's,
1: and it's a non-presidential it's issue. I mean, none w- of the things they talked about really right.
2: were presidential issues.
1: I mean, this is the, the only way that this is going to change is a constitutional amendment, and that's just simply not going to happen at this point. Uh, of course, the Supreme Court uh, could be a factor in changing such a law, but uh, for the time being, barring an amendment to the Constitution. Uh, This is sort of a done deal, and it's got nothing to do with the presidential election. So, yeah, the sort of big issues of 2015 uh, pretty much ignored. Um, Obviously, pot shots about immigration, but nothing about the the
2: Iran uh, treaty, which, of course, is uh, easy to uh,
1: critique critique. Uh, from the Republican side.
2: Right, uh, without really even going into anything other than the uh, traditional canards of why this leaves our ally Israel vulnerable. When in point of fact, it actually guarantees that there will be inspections. Yeah. So uh, it's and a selective seemed, reading of the
1: treaty. Seem to be plenty of safeguards, and we'll give uh, Charles Schumer a brain damage award for, for openly opposing the right. treaty. Um, this may actually damage his chances to become the the majority leader, uh-huh. uh, assuming that the Democrats uh, win the 2016 election. And I do think that's a big assumption uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, <clears throat> but uh, obviously, in Schumer's case, you know, you can understand that he represents the state of New York. This would be an easy issue to to be demagogued on. But the bottom line is he gets most of his campaign money from Jewish supporters. And I understand that he's Jewish, and he can state that one should vote vote their conscience. I'm sure that Schumer is a wise enough politician to have realized that he would not be the decisive vote to kill the treaty, but at some level it almost doesn't matter all obama has to do is hand on hold on to a veto proof margin in the house of representatives well the israeli lobby faces an increasing divide amongst the uh
2: population of american jews who are very split on how to best proceed and to sort of coax israel along into uh being a more willing participant in in the peace process uh, it's it's just like in Israel itself there is no monolithic Jewish vote. There is no monolithic Jewish attitude about Israel. They're
1: pretty divided. And let's give credit to Michigan's senior Congress uh, one of one of Michigan's senior uh, congressmen uh, Sandra Levin, who actually did come out, he's in the House of Representatives, not to be c- confused with Carl. Uh, he did come out openly and support uh, the substance of the treaty, pointing out that this achieves the objectives of Mm -hmm. reducing nuclear proliferation in the Middle East, which is, uh, as we've seen over the last (laughs) 30, 40 years, an incredibly volatile region and is really at the heart of this migration problem that's going on in the Mediterranean Sea. Now, Donald Trump will be uh, apparently visiting our good state later this week, well, you can... go into a place up up north somewhere. I can't remember the name of the city, but well, if, if I were uh, Trump, I would invest in some more
2: bodyguards because <laughs> uh, the Republican apparatus, uh, he, they got to get rid of this guy from their standpoint. Oh, because, yeah. Uh, if he runs as an independent, there goes a bunch of Republican votes. If he continues to run amok in the. Uh, quote-unquote process that we're undergoing, which is really just a big money circus, um, then it's big trouble for a lot of their uh, more traditional or conventional candidates. Um, There was a really weird moment where he openly talked about the political impact of money. Yes. And uh, I gave money to Hillary Clinton's campaign, and what did I expect to get in return? I told her she better come to my birthday party, and she did. Right, because she kind of had to, because I gave her money, and he
1: explained the quid pro quo. This which is is how our system works. Unfortunately, how it works. Yeah, it's, um, you know, Donald Trump. Uh, that's a
2: bizarre and and glaring uh, admission, uh, especially coming from such a big money man, and say, yeah, I, I know how the political system works. It's with a checkbook.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting that Maureen Dowd, and I think one of the best columns she's written in several years, because she's been off the reservation on some things. She's, of course, uh, sharpened her pen against uh, Hillary for a variety of reasons. Uh, Not that I'm supporting Hillary, but uh, she's... (laughs) Anyway, uh, her her column in in yesterday's uh, New York Times I thought was interesting because she... Got to the heart of the matter on a variety of things, including her humorous observation that she said, I've been hesitant to start writing about Donald Trump. That's how the column starts. I was worried that if I wrote something that made him mad, he would send me one of his midnight mordant tweets about me, something like, she started as a three, now she's a one. (laughs) And she points out uh, why the uh, Ailes was uh, a television genius, et cetera, et cetera. But one comment that she did call from the uh, Internet, a tweet apparently, that I think hits the the nail right on the nose. The novelist Walter Kern tweeted post-debate, Trump is simply channeling the bruised, petty, enraged narcissism. That is the natural condition of selfie nation, <laughs> hmm. which I think is perfect. Um, maybe that's what it's all about. But I would like to point out, as some of these candidates inevitably drop out, um, and I, and there were several that had dismal performances, uh, including Ben Carson and Scott Walker. Ben Carson in his tithing program. There's a biblical mandate for you. Might, uh, Scott Walker might... <laughs> might have faded a bit after his sort of forgettable performance in the debate. Um, There's going to be a, a winnowing out of these candidates. And let's face it, even in this little bump that Trump allegedly got, which I find hard to believe following his obviously offensive comments, that he still... Sort of justifying with excuses and rationalizations and other stuff um, about the uh, questioner. Um, Megan. Oh, the blood coming out from everywhere. Yeah. The
2: blood. <laughs> I, I don't really know if that's really.
1: Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's one I, of those things where he, he is now claiming that there's a. You can tell that it was pause. There's a pause, and he didn't actually say. Uh, Well, I meant to say whatever, but he did say wherever. Um, That's the kind of stuff he's...
2: But, you know, it's pretty uh, pretty hypocritical for Fox to be like, oh, you hurt our feelings with offensive language. Right. They go out of their way to be offensive about everybody that they disagree with as a matter of routine. And, of course... Oh, boo-hoo. You hurt our feelings. You said something mean about a woman. Well, it was the, one of those Fox chat groups that were talking about the, the first uh, uh, Saudi uh, female pilot. They they referred to her as boobs on the ground. <laughs> what the heck? But, uh, oh, if Donald Trump says something, well, he, he's messing things up for the Republicans. We're going to be offended at that.
1: Hmm, that's a good description of <laughs> <laughs> boobs <laughs> on the ground. No, the Republican <laughs> stage right <laughs> boobs behind the platform. The podium. Uh, And uh, I I think, you know, by the way, I think that Trump is going to uh, appear at a city called Birch Run. That's my vague recollection. But I'm curious to know if um, Todd Corser and Cindy uh, Gamret are going to be in attendance to the Trump speech. I don't know if you've heard about this uh, emerging scandal in the Michigan State Legislature. And I only bring this up because several months ago, when I was discussing the problem with term limits in the state of Michigan and the mediocrity of of the bills uh, that were introduced in the first couple of months, I was quoting from the Detroit Free Press's Kathleen Gray about a number of kind of wacky bills that had been introduced. And it turns out, by chance, I highlighted... Many of the bills sponsored by Todd Corser and Cindy Gamrack. This, of course, can become a TV reality show in and of itself. These two teabaggers apparently were having an affair. Uh, Apparently they were frequently absent on Thursday afternoon. Uh, This rumor spread around the the, uh, good city of Lansing and Todd Corser, who apparently is one of these... uh, Real teabaggers, you know. He he He's always talking about freedom, how he's protecting us from freedom. We'll get to the bills that they've... Family values, anyone? Family <laughs> values, the whole thing. He decided that to quell these rumors, apparently at some point, that he would create a fake email <laughs> that he wanted one of his staffers to send. If you can believe how bizarre this is, the fake email is about homosexual activity in a parking lot it's it's it it's turned from humorous tragedy to complete farce it's unbelievable how dumb are these guys well uh cindy gamarack introduced uh, house bill 4279 that says life begins at conception which would extend all rights afforded to Humans to a fetus. The bill could be used to ban and possibly criminalize abortions in the state. Sponsor, Cindy Gamrack, Republican of Plainville. Um, Here's a bill that they co-sponsored, which actually makes a little sense, but I'm sure that the fine print was uh, part of the problem. And I brought this up uh, before Proposition 1, you know, the the, uh, tax increase for the road. Funding. They sponsored a bill that would uh, resurrect portions of a plan introduced last year to fix roads in Michigan, including directing more fuel tax funds to the roads. That's directing fuel tax funds, not raising fuel taxes. Um, One of Cindy Gamrak's other uh, pet projects to allow medical personnel and facilities to assert a religious objection to refuse services that they find objectionable. That was Bill H.R. four forty three oh nine. Then we have, um, what else do we have here by Courser? Um, oh, here we go. Uh, eliminate the requirement that police uh, facilities keep a database on gun licenses. Sponsors, GAMRAC and Courser. See, there's a kind of a theme here. It's guns, it's abortion, it's life at conception. These are living life teabaggers. They were brought in by the Tea Party, and and they were both freshmen, apparently, having an affair where one wonders if teabagging was going on. (laughs) It's unbelievable. And, of course, now there's going to be a state investigation into whether or not they were misappropriating uh, taxpayer money. (laughs) <laughs> getting room service <laughs> calls have been uh, unleashed for at least Courser's resignation cuz he's uh refusing to quote as he put it I guess in a press conference uh to uh, give you that victory <laughs> yeah so he's one of these gladiator tea party members who's uh isn't a whole lot of doo-doo? <laughs> well I mean it, it really
2: speaks quite clearly to what the true nature of the so-called tea party is personal aggrandizement uh you know power tripping uh anyone uh, throughout the history of our great nation who has you know actively dedicated themselves to public service uh seeking public office i mean there used to be some sort of like well i'm doing this to give something back to the community Mm -hmm. you know to help people um but this crowd is into punishment and uh Cruelty, and
1: uh, and self inflicted, <laughs> self inflicted wounds. Because the, uh, the, of course the, the, the me. The thing is that's so funny about this sex scandal. Uh, obviously this was adultery, uh, plain and simple. But the thing that's so bizarre about this quote unquote sex scandal, and by the way, the staffer uh, that he requested to send the fake email uh, refused to do so. He he wanted to concoct a blackmail plot claiming that he was being blackmailed by, as he puts it, the Lansing Mafia. (laughs) This story uh, is bound to get funnier and funnier as we go along. I don't Uh, know if it can be turned into a reality television show, but it certainly would make for amusing TV watching, (laughs) if it did. Yeah, well, term
2: limits are certainly one of the biggest mistakes that the voters of Michigan have ever made. And uh, whether or not the impetus will ever be there to overturn that, I kind of doubt. But I do wonder. Uh, It's sad that, I mean, it takes a few years, like any job, to learn the ropes. And once a representative sort of gets up to speed uh, and actually does provide good service to his constituents his or her constituents, uh, it's time for them to move on. And so, alas, Jeff Irwin, who's served the Ann Arbor uh, area quite well, uh, is done. He can't run again. He's learned how to do it. He does his job well. But he's term-limited out. He's currently on his last term.
1: Yeah, and it's unfortunate. It's interesting under this article, No Shortage of Controversy in Proposed Bills in Legislature, that I highlighted one of his bills, whereby he wanted to eliminate daylight standard uh, savings time um, and stick with eastern standard time. Um, I actually support that idea, too. I think daylight savings time is just an idea we don't need anymore. I, <laughs> you get confused by it. I personally like it. I don't get confused
2: sa- by it. I just find it ridiculous to put everybody through all that trouble of jerking an hour of sleep away
1: and putting it back later. It's,
2: just leave it alone. It's fine.
1: Yeah, well, I I like the long light in the summer. I guess that's why I like the fact that Michigan, which is the most northern and western state in the eastern time zone, uh, has uh, a lot of light uh, later in the evening. In the summer, when it's uh, quite pleasant to barbecue, sit on the porch, I think it would have a little bit of a mm, slight impact on the beach, uh the beach lifestyle of the state of Michigan but that's neither here nor there. Um the problem with Michigan having a separate time zone though cuz i you know Indiana right, and yeah. Arizona don't follow daylight savings time is that it creates an amazing amount of confusion <laughs> because uh I've I've, I've heard interesting stories about the people who live on the Indiana side of the uh, Ohio-Indiana border. They have to deal with whether they're they're on Ohio time or Indiana time, even though they're basically a suburb of Cincinnati. It's uh, very strange. And I think Michigan should stay on Eastern Standard Time, do what New York and Washington do regardless. But We'll leave that debate uh, for some other time. Um, <laughs> there's there's more important things clearly. <laughs> well, there's certainly the Todd Corser, uh, Cindy Gamrack. <laughs> gamrat, uh, Gamrat uh, scandal <laughs> emerging emerging in our midst, and almost too funny to believe. Um, stay tuned. Apparently, uh, the Detroit News. Scored a reporting coup on this whole <laughs> fiasco. Uh, oh, one last thing from
2: the uh, Republican uh, circus: uh, many, many uh, instances in which uh, guns were used metaphorically, uh, and people using the you know expressions like "a gun to the head" mm-hmm. um, as you know, oh, when the pressure's on, if there's a gun to the head, blah 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 blah. But no talk about guns, <laughs> because, of course, they're all in agreement. Guns are great. Guns are good. Guns are holy, sacred creatures uh, that have special rights beyond those of us mere mortals.
1: Guns and fetuses. That's. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a big part of their uh, perceived the constituency. Courser yeah. and. Yeah. camarad. Right. Right.
2: <laughs> um, and yet. There's still just about uh, one police shooting a day of some unarmed individual, usually African-American, and there's another guy in Texas who shoots a bunch of kids and a family. And so guns continue to go about their holy business, but uh, don't expect any comments from uh, the Republicans about it, one way or the other. Yeah, and They're it's... are just going to ignore it as a
1: topic. Sure, and it's interesting, by the way, that the debate... Was sandwiched in between the anniversaries of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the yeah. 70th uh, anniversaries of those horrible events. No questions about uh, <laughs> that relevant issue. Uh, in some actual good news, it's always good to report some good news every now and then. Uh, last Wednesday, a federal qu- appeals court in the state of Texas unanimously agreed that the Texar voter ID law had a discriminatory effect on black and latino voters and therefore violates the 1965 voting rights act this is obviously eventually going to go, come forward to the supreme court but it's interesting that they note uh, after a lengthy trial a federal judge last year in corpus christi struck down the law this isn't another this is uh, in another uh, district because this was an appeals court, they were appealing his ruling, he found that more than 600,000 Texans, disproportionately poor, black, and Latino, lacked the necessary ID. So to me, this is, this is the real civil rights issue of 2015-16. Uh, these police tragedies, and some of them are tragedies, some of them are not. Uh, obviously, tactics have to change. I saw a interesting uh, study of police training that showed that they work mainly on self defense and gun executing gun you know target mm-hmm. shooting and very little on defusing volatile situations or shall we say keeping your cool and there are way too many of these uh, police uh, shootings. At least the well, media is now covering them. That's the thing that I really right. am starting to wonder about. It's um, one thing to shoot to disable, but what we're seeing
2: is repeated shoot to kill scenarios. Yeah. I mean, if if there's an assailant uh, who's potentially dangerous, in the heat of the moment, an, an officer needs to make a quick decision to protect himself and others. Uh, but you, you don't need to shoot a guy four times in the head. Uh, well, remember your old Dirty Harry movies? One shot to the knee, you know, is all it took, Dirty Harry. You just step on the guy's knee a little bit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, not that I'm advocating that, but uh, uh, why so many shoot to kill scenarios? Um, that speaks to cowardice and paranoia.
1: Well, and the other thing that's bizarre about the Texas law, just for the To to sort of finish up on that, Um, it it points out that not quote all IDs were acceptable. Student IDs and voter registration cards are not acceptable, while a permit to carry a concealed weapon is. Uh, This is (laughs) the Dirty Harry. That's Texas. Well, can you bring your gun into the voting place with you? That might be the next step in uh, the ever-expanding rights of gun owners here in the United States No more hanging chads.
2: Hanging's too good for him. We'll shoot him. I'll
1: vote with my gun. (laughs) Okay, well, we're out of time down here on WCBN-FM, Ann Arbor. Thanks to Andrew for engineering this evening. Do stay tuned. Yazoo City Calling, coming up next, apparently, with Weston. Take her away. (sighs) of the media. I suppose our youngsters would say cornball or square. And now, CBN Radio brings you... The, all the broadcast uh, uh, media can do. You give them a sense of flavor.
0: It's all vegetable. It's digestible. It's delicious and nutritious, life sized and ready to
1: eat. It's made with real egg formula. And here's a nice-looking record package in from New York.
0: WCBN
1: America's ace of the airways
0: that this instrument is good for nothing but to entertain amuse